0: Hello and welcome to the first Stretty cast of the season. The season could be finished, but we're back with a bang a year after recording our last podcast. There is a need for this podcast and we're going to be producing them on a weekly basis, if not twice a week for the upcoming months. Obviously, with coronavirus, the season is suspended and the end of April, the talking football could resume, but we're going to talk about that and United season up-to-date in review. I'm lucky to be joined by three passionate United fans, three guests and three people that are important to Stretty News. I have Becca Last, I have James McHugh, and I have Philip Morrissey. Philip, you, you all would have heard his voice before. How are you, Philip? Dale, how things going? Not too bad. Keeping healthy, as I'm sure I hope all you are as well. At the moment, anyway, doing our best. Good stuff. And James, your first time on the podcast, how are you?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm really pleased to join the podcast. And I hope people I can tell through my with I'm an avid passionate Manchester United fan, but. I must admit, this, this coronavirus is getting to me now. The boredom and no sports, no, you know, no football, it's driving me mad.
0: Just before we start and we go to Becca, tell us a bit about your, the cabin you're in. This, this cabin, cabin. James oh, okay. sent shared, us photos I, before I the that. podcast and the cabin looks fantastic.
1: Yeah, I shared photos earlier. I've got, I've got a collection of memorabilia um, around me as we speak. I've got a replica Premier League trophy, um, a replica medal from the 1999 Champions League final. Um, got items signed by Ronaldo, Roy Kim. And just yeah, shirts on the wall from Ronaldo, Skulls, Beckham, you name it, yeah. It's a bit of a bit of a yeah, golden retreat, so to
0: speak. If I didn't know, I'd suspect you're in some pub scene as Boris Johnson hasn't closed him down yet. <laughs> oh, we on answer that. We We're gonna that a bit. <laughs> Becca, how are you? Delighted to have you on the podcast, your first appearance.
2: Hey Dale, how are you?
0: Good stuff. Uh, I'm great, I'm great and keeping well. And how are you with all the this self isolation?
2: Sure, I'm just trying to keep busy. I think everyone is, and especially the fact that the, the football's gone. I have nothing to look forward to, so I don't know. Just trying to keep busy. <laughs> I
0: suppose watch some classic games. That's, something on That's week.
2: it, yeah.
0: <laughs> so the the Premier League has announced today they had um, a video conference meeting. Obviously, all are in self-isolation at the moment, but they, they announced that football is hopefully going to resume in at the end of april that seems far-fetched to me given that we haven't hit peak figures with this virus yet very scary time but it's important everyone i suppose doesn't panic and and tries to remain relaxed and, and 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 takes care of one another um philip suppose what do you make of this um announcement that the season will be finished they're hoping to have it back in april is that feasible when this could easily run past september and we could be crashing into the 2021 season
3: honestly i don't think it is feasible uh, because of the fact that with with a, a an outbreak such as this they always say that there is a first wave and then there is a more serious second wave so um if if it were to uh, mutate in any sense, then um, consequences could be a lot more serious.
0: Becca, that- they're saying that the plan could be to play some of these games point closed doors, to fan safety, and to get less people possible in the stadiums to, to ride out the rest of the season. But... When people say cl- behind closed doors, you still have broadcasters, you still have staff or squad staff, you have the squad, you have managers, and there's a lot of people involved in match day that most people on Twitter aren't thinking about. That option is obviously not going to happen if, if in April we're still having high number cases that we're still hitting that, well, we still haven't hit that peak yet. That's mm. likely to happen surely around then.
2: Well, I mean, like, you can even see in the couple of matches that were played towards the end of the season, the kind of. I suppose the Europa League, Champions League, they were behind closed doors, but there were people in in the stands. There were a lot of kind of media there. They were kind of saying to people that there was only one journalist per, per media agency, but there was definitely more. Like, you could see there was a ridiculous amount of people in these stadiums. Like, I just, I just don't see it being feasible. I just don't... Um, not for anyone's safety,
0: anyway. As well as that, when it comes, to, this is a bit off topic, but from from co- from covering Republic of Ireland games and being the media section, there's a lot of people that media organisations send to games that don't necessarily need to be there. I remember one Ireland game, and there was a girl and a young student sat beside her, and they were both on their phones, just basically Snapchatting and tweeting. And I'm kind of thinking that kind of stuff. That's not media, and that's something that someone can do in the stadium if they're attending the game. So. I'd like to think if games are behind closed doors, the media organization would clamp down on that and send maybe the reporters they need. But again, that's not fixing the issue. And that's still having people mixing and spreading bacteria. And that's exactly why we have this spread. James, we're going to get on to the review of United's season shortly. But with this, we were just on the right track this season. We were just hitting the right time. 11 games unbeaten across all competitions. And... We're in the qualifying of the Europa League, 5-0 away from home, you know, that's one foot in, in, in that round. United, surely, we were looking at top four Europa League and maybe the FA Cup, you know. So they, pe- people saying that, oh, we only don't want it to continue because Liverpool ending their 30-year away for a league title... They're wrong. You have to look at this from an unselfish point of view and look at people's safety, surely, no?
1: Yeah, I think I think there's that's that's the, football without the fans is nothing in reality. And we have we've got that Manchester United and Liverpool later on, but it's the smaller clubs I worry for with this coronavirus spreading. There's so many these football clubs that rely on match day revenue. And with football not going ahead, they're really, really gonna struggle. So yeah, it's just it's just a case of be sensible out there and be safe. And and we've all got elderly relatives and loved ones. Let's not try and spread it onto them.
0: I think that's important because Gary Neville mentioned that. And obviously, as a, one of the owners of Salford City, he comes from that perspective when games are behind closed doors and, and, and the revenue and stuff. And it's it's really not selfish to say that because you look at Champions League and the Europa League and some of the teams that we've played in that, last, being one of them. Europa League revenue ticket revenue and, and Champions League at different smaller clubs is massive. So it's really unfair to play those games. And for some of those clubs, the opportunity of, of playing in Europe doesn't come every year. It doesn't come every 10 years. It it might be a one-off in in the club's history. So, for those clubs...
3: I think, um, for instance, I think this was Lask's first time ever qualifying for the knockout stages or even to get into a group stage of, uh, of any sort of European competition. So, that would have been enormous for the club. Yeah. In terms of standing, in terms of their prestige,
2: and even for their fans, like even for that morale for them, like that must it must be really difficult for them to see. You know, they they've gotten this far and now, no. gosh, now they can't go forward. You know, it's.
3: Do you it's... think it was um, a decision by UEFA because of the fact that Paris Saint Germain fans completely surrounded the stadium, yeah. even though they were meant to have. Behind closed doors, there were still so many people out in the streets. There were still so many people around the stadium.
0: But we we had people too at the last game that were getting into the stadium. You could hear it on the on the thing. Now look, if you made the trip and you're you're full of beer, which I imagine most were, you you get that Dutch courage, don't you? And you, you don't you don't think of any coronavirus. But but the bigger picture is when games go ahead, you're opening yourself up to that, and people will go and watch their team no matter what you know people live and die for man united so it's the governing bodies that i would take an issue with they're the, they're the ones putting people into this scenario and people had had flights booked for that match they were all over there united were fantastic they they gave fans refunds but i will imagine those refunds went to, to a really good night over in it in, in, over at the game you know even though they didn't get into it so, yes, yeah. you have to
2: even think as well sorry dale you just have to think about the player safety as well. Like I, th- I think we're all kind of thinking about all oh, the big fan, the big crowds, and but like a lot of players throughout the European leagues have tested positive. And a lot teams even, um, like we just really need to think about that as well. Like I think, I think, think the closed door thing five, isn't isn't going to work.
0: Sampdoria five players, I think at least that have tested positive. And and the thing is, it's is important too with the information we've been given on this from from the country leaders and stuff that. At the start, we repressed this myth that it was only really going to affect um, the elderly people. Uh, And just for, I was going off on a tangent, but surely any disease that people can get, older people that are ill are more vulnerable. That's the case with pretty much any disease I would be thinking. So like, but people almost kind of use that at the start as if not to worry that like these footballers are elite athletes they, they won't pick up anything like that and then it, it that, that's what made the Premier League make the decision we shouldn't forget because if, if Mikel Arteta didn't um, test positive or Callum Hudson had died the games last weekend were scheduled to go home or go ahead behind closed yeah. doors they would have went ahead yeah. so, that's, that, that's a valid point there Dale. It's, as you said it was
1: all scheduled to go ahead the following week and then it came out Arteta diagnosed with coronavirus, and then they started to reconsider it. I think that, that sets volume as well.
0: But there, <laughs> there, there's the same like volume is more football. about the Premier not- League, because the Premier League wasn't, wasn't going to act until a big name got it. So, like, that's what Rooney said. Rooney was saying that yeah. a number of our players in championship level have tested positive, but when Arteta got it, oh, shit hits the fan, we need, we need to act.
3: They were being used as yeah. many bigs as he said in the article. He which? They were being used as guinea pigs. As yeah, these.
0: yeah, absolutely. But, but, but also, not, not just the players, the fans too. The fans in the past few weeks, we've seen what was happening in Italy. This, they stopped football in Italy um, a few weeks before we did. So we've seen that this was coming. And that's, that, that's, that's where it's important the leaders act. They, they shouldn't act when it gets too late, when people start picking up things. This disease, or sorry, virus, has been spreading throughout Europe. And it continues to do so and we're acting too late. And we mentioned a brief start of the podcast. Boris Johnson still hasn't closed pubs or restaurants. And that's putting business owners under severe pressure because if they, they have to work to make money, if there's nothing telling them they have to shut down, they're putting themselves at risk. And it's, we're, we're, we're going to be talking about this for weeks to come because we're going to have the knock-on effects from delayed reactions as the virus shows in two weeks' time. Mm. So Cheltenham Festival... That's going to show up probably in a week and a half's time, the the effects of that. This is a long haul. I think the Premier League saying end of April, because of what happened with Cheltenham too... It it, it it is not it's not it's not accurate. It can't be accurate.
2: it's It's actually irresponsible as well. it's It's given people like a sense of this is normal, this is okay. this is gonna go away very quickly. But I do and not not to be negative towards the the British. I am a big fan of the Brits. Mm. Um, but your leader is really downplaying this mm. uh, to the point where I suppose you you just haven't felt it yet. And even here in Ireland, we haven't felt it yet either. We really haven't, but I think kind of even seeing what's happening in Italy and France and Spain at the moment, it's just it's it's phenomenal, and it's it's only to come here for us.
0: Absolutely. Well, look, we we have started the podcast. We've gone very COVID nineteen heavy. We, we we come back to that before we finish on how we're all kind of dealing with this in our own in our own lives and self isolating and what we're doing to kind of keep occupied. Because although this is a Manchester United podcast, I think right now. There's a, there's a lot more things important in life, and I've never said that before, ever. Um, so yeah, we, we'll we talk about United now again. We'll go back to what we've seen so far this season, and things started on a positive note against Chelsea, we, we gave them a hammering, but I think what we've seen then is our story for much of the season was inconsistency, we weren't able to keep that up, and lots of injuries, lots of episodes paul pogba's whole episode hasn't been a positive note at all and i was only listening back to one of the last podcasts we uploaded on this channel which was in a radio appearance or radio appearance i did with talk sport and it was talking about the clash between pogba and and Mourinho. and i was just thinking back before i jumped on here things really haven't bettered for pogba And, and before we go into season review, I want to ask people what, what they think of this because Pogba's agent came out today and was very, was rather outspoken. Again, speaking of viruses, Mino Riola, James, um, your thoughts on what he said today?
1: <laughs> well. Wow. I mean, it's it's the never-ending story, isn't it, with Mina Raiola. There's there's two sides to this. I can get um, when Pogba came back and joined us in 2016, the vision and dream we had was that he was going to lead this midfield. He was this global superstar, has come back to prove a point, and the sort of team was going to be built around him. It hasn't really happened, in all honesty. for me, he's been incredibly frustrating. I look at um, Gomez at Everton, who went out with a, an ankle break. He somehow managed to get back and be fit and play for Everton before Pogba's come back. It's just not I mean, we don't need Real coming out every couple of weeks with his comments. The reality is, with any sort of age, if they have a player who stays with a club like Skulls or Giggs... For the entirety of their career, they will not make a lot of money out of that player. Because all they're going to do is they're going to negotiate a new contract, etc., etc. But if they continue to move these players to clubs and get large, ridiculous fees, and they're going to line their own pockets. But Solskjaer must be looking at it and thinking, "Show what, well, I don't need this headache. I don't need this constant not just coming out of Lina Riola. I think we can look at, you know, Eric Haaland, who went over to Dortmund in January. What a sign he'd have been for United if he'd come in. I think moving forward, let's get rid of Popper. Start a new fresh. Let's get young, hungry players. Want to play for Manchester? Want to play for the badge? And let's just not deal with Ronaldo anymore. Yeah. What do, you, what do you guys think,
0: Philip? Do you think that Pogba and Rio have had a negative influence on United this season? When was
1: the last
3: time the Pogba actually played? Jesus,
0: he only played eight games this season. What was it? It wasn't. I think it was the Cup
3: did he, uh, he come back, he played against uh, Arsenal or something like that, he said he picked up an ankle injury in that, yeah, and he yeah. was out for an undetermined length of time, which was going to be yeah. December, something well, but like
0: that. No, well, like, he came back from injury, and then his people decided that he needed an operation. Yeah. Well, all the time when he was out injured, he didn't need the operation then. But they gave us a taste of Pogba back, and then he, he had to go off for oper- apparently the operation was was decided. Not, by
3: not even the club uh, yeah. itself or their 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 trained medical staff. Yeah, yeah,
0: but
3: I- people said. Proclaimed that he needed to have an
0: operation. But I suppose he was hoping to get ready and come back around now for the European Championships. Like the Pogba was getting fit there for the two for two um, the two France games that were coming up, and it seemed that his fitness was getting that bit close as we as we drew to that. And I was thinking myself because of how good we're playing at the moment with Bruno Fernandes. Does Pogba get back into that team? Becky, I'm to ask you that. Pogba, does he get back into the team right now?
2: I mean, for me, in my opinion, I have a very strong opinion about Paul Pogba. I just don't think he's enough of a United team player. I just feel like, especially with Fernandez and how amazing he has been, I just don't know how he would approach that. I just feel we have such a good thing going. Why would we try and, you know, I suppose... I don't know. It's just... I, I just, I, he just left a sour taste in my mouth over the whole injury and is he in? Is he out? Is he over in LA playing basketball? Do you know? It's just. Well, see, the um, the th-
0: thing is, as well, with that and with social media, Becky and people, you have footballers, Jesse Lingard yesterday putting up this picture and he was wearing. Um, Supreme clothing and it was supreme gloves and he he basically put that picture up to show off what he was wearing now I've no I've no problem with that I'm not gonna give Lingard a hard time for a for a harmless social media post because some people do but surely Footballers are some way Wise to what they post and at the timing of the post and the backlash you can get Lingard got backlash last night It was a stupid the time. I like he's a player that's in that's in that kind of category, that he's going to get a lot of stick, and he knows that. That post... Sure. That he, they like, should be getting uh, the
3: device, so I mean, advice. Kind on of, Advice,
1: yeah, oh. th- absolutely. There's a, there's, there's a point around exactly that, which I'm going to raise now. If we can cast our minds back to when Jose Mourinho got the sack, and how Pogba released that image on Instagram of himself winking. Can anyone remember around February time, of the Munich air disaster... Did Paul Pogba put no, anything no, out on social media? No. No. it was something
3: relating to his sponsors, wasn't
1: it? So that that to me says his mind is no longer at Manchester United. The fact he has come back, the fact he hasn't played, to not put anything up to acknowledge the Munich air disaster as a Manchester United player for me, that's unforgivable.
0: Yeah, no, it is. And to be honest, it again, if you're representing a player, whether whether he's going to post. Uh, an anniversary tweet about munich or not surely the representative's going to get onto him and say right this is coming up this is manchester you're playing for we're going to tweet this for you because it's good practice and fans will like it but f- fans probably wouldn't blink tonight about pogba not posting that had he not been this big social media star posting about other things and that's why it's an issue right it's only a small thing it's only a tweet but at the end of the day, other players posted it. And the only thing Pogba was interested in posting about this season is his, as, as Becca said, his basketball, his high life in L.A. Uh, and again, as footballers, there's no problem having a high life. But I think it's context. It, it, it's the way in which this season has... And, and we'll, we'll talk about this season again, but Pogba is a fantastic player. We're not going to sit in this podcast and just and just slag him. And, but a very important point that Becca made was that he's he's not a team player. Bruno Fernandes has come in and is a complete team player. We probably... We're not sure if he has the same ability as Pogba, but she's certainly shown on a consistent level. Uh, and and even more so, it's it's even more encouraging to see a, a player with a bit of leadership built. A player that is willing to fight for the ball, willing to tell Pep Guardiola to shut the fuck up. That's nice. That's a player... It's, it might not be nice to do that in everyday life, but that's nice to see from a Man United player because we have hadn't had someone with the charisma, the attitude that we, that we demand. It's the passion. It's the passion passion that um, Solskjaer
2: had when he was a player. Do you know, that's, that's what we look for. That. Oh, it is to be a United
0: player for me. Speaking of passion, Becca, and it's the end of the season and talk about Liverpool and so on. Jurgen Klopp seems to get away with an awful lot on the basis of passion when it comes to shouting in officials' faces and and throwing his arms around and, and so on. He, in fairness, his statement after the COVID nineteen thing was was um was probably one of the best ones I read from a from a football club because it was very personal. And I, you look, know, you read other ones, even Sol Woodward, and you just feel there was about a passion paragraph length there and they probably copied and pasted it from somewhere but yeah do, do you think with with the season they're coming to a close that it would be unsportsmanlike not to hand Liverpool a title or are you on are you on the fence that they haven't won it two games or not they haven't won it so they shouldn't <sighs> get it i
2: a I take a big breath here now <laughs> ah no no I can't I just can't. <laughs> I can't look in in two minds you can see Look, one way, of course, they have the most points, most consistency, yada, yada, yada. Congratulations. I just feel you can't award a title if you haven't played the right amount of games. If you, I suppose, the whole thing about a league and the whole kind of, I suppose, fluid fluidity, I suppose the word is, um, if we were to come back in six months' time, say, and continue the league, sure, that won't be the same as if we had just continued because you'll have players coming back that are injured that may have not been injured at the time or vice versa. So there's no kind of clear
0: and new signings, and new signings. signings. Yeah.
2: yeah, so it wouldn't be fair and it wouldn't be, I just don't think it would be just, in my opinion. But like, that's like my it, opinion.
0: If, if, if Jorgen Klopp is looking at it and he gets a, he gets a transfer window. Like sh- surely like he's going to go out and, and break the bank for a centre-forward. All this talk about mm. Firmino being a, being an unbelievable player. He's a very good player, but it's, it's I find it unacceptable that a team that's been cruising to win the league and since Christmas he's only got managed one goal, you know, for a team that's been cruising, surely you're going to raise some questions. And then that opens up that managers and relegation battles, West Ham and the, and the likes, they might look at that transfer window and say, right, these are our weak spots now. Let's panic buy and get in these players for the rest of the season. Mm. And that's that's why the transfer window happens in the summer when the season ends. You mm. have you have one in the winter and it's hard to buy players because it's in the middle of the season. The summer opens it up for all clubs to, to buy again, rebuild squads, sell players on that, aren't, that they don't want anymore. But doing it now with a stretched football calendar, I think... The, Pre- mm. the Premier League uh, they're not. It can't, it's not going to start at the end of April no. and I don't know what's going to happen and,
2: e- and even Dale just to touch on kind of the, the teams that are in the kind of relegation spots and even in, in the championship and they're they're due for for promotion and stuff how do you how do you find a way that's just for them yeah Um. Yeah. you know that's that's where we have to think as well because the Premier League are going to have a serious legal battle on their hands if they say right these teams like they're they're the games aren't finished it's yeah. not you know it's not a complete league so they really need to think before they make a, a definite decision on this I think
0: Philip um, looking at how we got back on track with things and you wrote a great piece on this for the blog um, do you think I would have finished season with Silverware do you think we would have got top four
3: yeah because I think that both Chelsea and Leicester were there for the taking in terms of um, the way that Leicester kind of opened their knees a certain extent and Chelsea were just so inconsistent in terms of their goal scoring ability at the moment and their frankly lack of depth. So I, I think both of those teams were certainly within our reach and given the way that the FA Cup has opened up in terms of us knocking out Chelsea uh, Liverpool being knocked out and other teams being uh, shocked along the way It was definitely clear for a team like United to go forward and uh, win it. And I suppose in Europe we have a couple of fairly large teams still left. Uh, Wolves are very convincing in in the tournament so far. But latter stage of semi-final, final final, definitely.
0: You got to fancy us, don't you, James? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think, I, I feel what you're saying that. I do think Leicester, particularly Chelsea, Chelsea were only three points away from us. But um, I don't know, go, going into the season, I was a bit concerned when you, you look around and I mean, how I've never had a period or a time where Manchester United generally have such a weak midfield. Going into it, you had Leicester with James Madison, Tealmans, you got Wolves and Ruben Neves and Moutinho. And look I look at Aston Villa, we're talking about relegation zone. They're in relegation, at the bottom three at the moment. They've got a game in hand, but I know John McGinn's been injured for the majority of the season. I rate him. I think he's a great player. But there's also a young a young brummie lad there. We'd love to take him in the summer with Jack Greenish. So mm. I think, considering who we had going in the summer, the players we brought in, Fernandez was a great addition. But I think you know if the season was to continue as it was. I was confident we were going to catch Chelsea. I thought we were on their tail, so to speak.
0: Have we ever started a season, trying to think back? I, I can't think of it. Started a season in my lifetime, I can't think of it, but without a recognized goal scorer. I know Rashford, Rashford yeah. came on and he started scoring goals for his injury, yeah. but we sold Lukaku, and like really, a lot of people yeah. had high expectations yeah. this season, but were those expectations too high because we didn't have that recognized centre forward?
1: I think I think, and that's a that's a great point as well. I think the expectations placed on, on Rashford's Marshalls and, and Greenwood is incredibly well. To fight yeah, to fight for four competitions with three three Young strikers, I think it was, it was a tall, tall ask. I mean I wasn't a massive fan of Lukaku when he was at the club for me he had the ball and we crosses in and he we be paying seventy five million pounds for a striker, he has been in the middle. He's been waiting for his cross to come in. So I think, yeah, I mean you look back over the years. Dwight York, Andy Cole, Teddy Sharon, by looking at Solsha, van you we mentioned it earlier. The two thousand and eighteen, Carlos Tevez, Wayne Rooney, Ronaldo. I mean, I've never known a period like this. We're relying on some young, young, talented to strikers, to sort of fire us to glory, so to speak.
0: On that, Philip, um, Luke Shaw is one of the players that I think has surprised me lately in terms of he looks kind of the player that we signed before he broke his leg. He's been excellent. He's keeping in shape. Eric Bailly has been, came back from injury, hit in form. This um, suspension, the Premier League suspension is, is has come at the worst possible time for the likes of those players who I think have been written off by some fans in, in the past and in some cases rightly so because they weren't performing well and were always injured. But those two players have been excellent. We, can, we can't do a review of the se- season so far without mentioning Brandon Williams. Um, Mason Greenwood was mentioned, McTominay has become a leader at Manchester United. In, in, you know, you wouldn't have expected that this season with McTominay, but what an influence he had in the team before he picked up that injury. Matic, a player we would have all said was definitely going to leave in the summer, has been given a new contract because after Christmas, he found his farm again and looked to be playing for... I, I, I'm guessing that maybe soldiers are dressing up as Mourinho at Carrington because he started playing all of a sudden. Philip, the likes of those players, Andy Mitten said in, the, in his recent 442 column that it takes uh, something like six or seven weeks for a player to reach full fitness, but it can take 10 days to lose that fitness. How are those players going to cope, and especially cope when football is apparently going to resume at the end of April?
3: Well, it's going to be extremely difficult, especially for somebody like Bailly, who was just back from a major injury, well, a series of major injuries. He was only after playing maybe four or five games in the last couple of weeks. So uh, to then go cold for a certain length of time, it's going to be extremely hard. And particularly when, particularly when you need to build up your core strength and particularly when you need to build up a partnership with whether it's uh, Lindelof or whether it's Maguire or whether it's part of a back three, you need to build up kind of an understanding with each other. Like, you, It's very hard to go back because a lot of these players will have gone back and they'll be at home at the
0: moment. And speaking of, of being at home, that's probably the worst place for, for Luke Shaw. <laughs> I know we're all talking about staying at home oh, and God. self-isolating, but... Um, he, he he's going to need a, a personal trainer of some sort to, to mm-hmm. keep on top of things because he, he's keep he's away better. from the jack of cakes and, and, the, <laughs> and the bottles of coke for poor Luke Shaw um, yeah. But, but yeah Becca we're talking at the end of the season we reckon you are going to win silverware um, mm. what is your prediction a bold prediction in terms of what's going to happen to Premier League season they're saying April we don't think that's going to happen what do you think is going to happen
2: there's no way it's going to be April no way not a not a chance, like even ourselves here we're we're looking at kind of our T shock has said well into the summer, so there's there's no I just don't see in the next three months that they're that those players are going to get back on it onto a pitch, no way, no way, and even at that, like Philip was saying they're not going to have the, the the team skills the like they're not going to have the fitness it's just going to be it's going to be a bit of a disaster for the premier league to be honest and i i do think they need to make a call fairly quickly yeah. um personally i think it should be voided i don't think there should be a, an awarding of a of a trophy to a team that hasn't completed all their games or a relegation or um a promotion to that's just me yeah. being very no. you know
0: I know Man United, (laughs) but but, but, I just just don't see.
2: Yeah,
0: I know. I think you're right, and it's hard. It's hard for any of us to come out and say that because you'll be shot down straight away. People saying, "Oh, you're only saying that because Liverpool are going to win the title or whatever." But this, this, is this is where you have to pull yourself apart from being a football fan when you see people and the amount of cases that that that. We're seeing the numbers being risen every day. Leo Fragher said the other day in Ireland that we're going to have 30%, 30% increases per day in the next next while. That's frightening. And that's when you have to kind of say, right, my love for sport, my love for football, and my dear for Manchester United has to take the back seat now. We can't be selfish and expecting games to take place, although we'd love it. We're all being driven, tormented at the moment, staying at home and not, find, not having games to look forward to.
2: And I had to talk to my family. It's
0: awful. <laughs> exactly. But, but even, but even, I was only saying on Twitter about four weeks ago before it kicked off, Bruno Fernandes, the influence he's had, I actually look forward to watching games now. I'm, I'm really excited. And I missed that all this season. I didn't have that excitement before games that oh, I'm buzzing to watch United today. I'm buzzing to watch Pogba. I'm buzzing to watch Martial. I didn't have that. For Bruno Fernandes has brought that. So, we had a little taste, we had taste of that cake and someone's come and taken it off us. His, his name was COVID-19 and he's a prick. And I do
2: think as well that somebody <laughs> has to have a mention as well, Egalo has been phenomenal Yes, last yes, yes. Phenomenal. And I even, the other night when they, they cancelled the matches, I was like, I even said to the, to your, to, to the Oli E, I I was like, oh lads, I was really looking forward to football tonight. Like I was, yeah. I was actually, we're, we're looking forward to seeing these United teams.
0: I yeah. Or the,
3: uh, I know it might sound like an awful pun, but his enthusiasm has been extremely
0: infectious.
1: Mm. Yes, oh. <laughs> <coughs> but
0: but but seriously, and the thing is about that that Philip, it has, and it it it's signing a player who clearly has always dreamed of playing for Manchester United, loves Man United, and now that could be it en- could be over because he only signed for six months. Um, on loan from Shanghai, and I really, really hope he gets a permanent deal. And not just because he's come in and score goals, but his influence since he's come is probably deeper than that. Along with Bruno Fernandes, to see players that want to be like For example, Paul Pogba came back, we spoke with that injury, and when he stood in that dressing room, do you believe... The players around him were happy. I don't believe they were. I believe they were looking at someone who's top-paid player at the club, who's pushing his way around with his age in the media. Comes in, thinks he's a show pony, and doesn't care about Man United and doesn't care about his teammates. Clearly, he doesn't. He doesn't. So there's no point glossing over that. Bruno Fernandez came in and Agallo came in, and for the young players, their attitude that stood out to them. And to be honest with you, the longer Paul Pogba was at Man United, I'd fear. For the young players coming through, because they'll see that's okay to act like that, and they'll see it's okay to have these agents who slag off managers while under pressure. That, none of this is helpful. None of it is helpful. Um, so, with Gallo and that, absolutely delight you mentioned because I would actually forgot, because I'm trying to get through so much now. But the Nigerian prince, um, our saviour, and give him a contract, Ollie, give him a contract. So, look, with that, I want to wrap up on, I suppose, Personal notes from everyone, because although this my United podcast, um, it's the first one we've done back, COVID-19 is all over the media, people are looking for reassurances, we can't give them, we're not scientists, we're not doctors, but what we are doing, I'm sure we're all in self-isolation, but personally what I'm doing is I'm waking up every day and I'm, I'm writing out a list of things to do things that i can do around the house that i might forget and it, that just keeps me busy it could be something like make sure to remember to the wash washing and send off this email and just small things is putting my mind at rest because then if you look on social media and you look on news all you're seeing is about fatality rates about new cases and it's important we do get that research from the right sources we have to maybe Pick a time of the day to check those things, but don't do it all day long. That's not helpful. And the figures that you look at 8 o'clock at night, every night, they're the ones you maybe should look at. Not at 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, because that's going to freak us all out. Um, it is, and that's not helpful. James, what have you been getting up to the past few days? Have you been made work because of Boris Johnson or are you um, in isolation?
1: So they're basically over here. i imagine, like most of the now there's a big emphasis on people working from home, which is fine for me for the, the company I work for. But unfortunately, there's people out there who don't have that luxury. And they still have to go out there. But I think what sums it up for me is: let's go back a couple of weeks ago. Poor Caroline Flack commits suicide over the abuse and and non tissues received online. There was a big push on be kind. That seems to have disappeared since this coronavirus has kicked in. Because every time you go down to a local supermarket now, it's like a war zone. It's, it's unbelievable the shelves are cleared and that's why I think let's take a step back let's look out for each other let's let's go back to that be kind let's see if you've got elderly neighbours elderly relatives obviously don't go visit them because you could be carrying the virus but try and keep, you know, keep it right see if they're okay and keep yourself saying I mean this is the police guy sports at the moment you have the content out there let's get back to back Premier League years on the go let's go yeah. back let's go back a couple of years go be to United you know it's been seven years now since we lifted the league title. So let's get the 2013 season back on the go. But um, now it's just about keeping active. You can get out, you can exercise, do things like that.
0: But yeah, just look out yourself, really. Try it, not to be selfish and be kind. There's an idea I'd love to see Match of the Day do is classic FA Cup games or, or, or something like that from years back every Saturday and Sunday night. Yeah. Just to fill up that, that space because we need our fix. Um, yeah. We need our fix. Um, Philip, what have you been getting up to?
3: Well, as a. Uh, as James uh, referred to, i've um, I've actually I actually work in the retail sector, so I've actually been in amongst all these people going uh, going batchet and losing their minds over over cases of toilet tissue and um, mm-hmm. kitchen towel and uh, washing up liquid and all this kind of thing. i've I've been living it there the last two or three weeks, pretty much each and every week, each and every day coming into work, other than this week, because of the fact that so many people are, so many places are closed. We have been inundated, we have been swarmed with people from 8 o'clock in the morning to the 6 o'clock at night.
0: How have the public been? Have the public been pretty good in terms of hygiene? or people coughing all over you? Are, are, are people taking precautions here where, you, where you're working?
3: Uh, it has well because of the warnings, because of the amount of signage that we have up, uh, because of public um, announcements. That uh, the basically, it's it. Everybody is doing it now. Like it's not, it's not uncommon for people to come in wearing gloves uh, for the the fact, This the stigma used to uh, be the fact that uh, so many. People washing their hands and everything like that, and using disinfectant, and it used to be almost like an alien concept for a lot of people. It's second place now at the moment. Well,
0: look, I want to say thank you, you to you, to you see and.
3: And, and I'm sh- wearing face face uh, masks now at the moment as well. Like,
0: yeah. Well, look, a, a big thank you to, to you and people in your situation. I know my, my girlfriend works retail. And and she's pregnant at the moment, and and they they could be in the, the vulnerable um category. So there's a there's a lot of things we need to think about, and obviously if people can't work. There's there's financial um issues that that can arise. So
3: I would reiterate as well, Dale, that anybody caught up in a situation where they're not or they're they can't work, or they're working from home, or they're isolated, or they're fearful about the whole situation is look out for your own mental health.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. And that's massive. That's and what I've been doing is getting out get for a walk. You. you need to get out for a w- It's okay to get out for a walk. People, you know... I get out for, I get up the dog every day for a half an hour. And if I didn't do that, I'd have severe cabin fever and I'd, I'd end up, I'd end up fighting my missus 24 7 if we were both in the same room the whole time. That, you know, that's just human. And we have, we have to get out and, and, and get that fresh air in. Becca, I, I've come to you last for a special reason because you are doing something fantastic at the moment and you deserve lots of credit. And um, tell us about the Facebook group which you've set up for, for our town, our town in which we live in.
2: So basically um, like everybody else I was extremely anxious about the Saturday last I was like this is ridiculous there's nothing I could do I felt really helpless Um, so what I decided to do was I just said I'd set up uh, a Facebook group that basically anyone from the Clonmel area could come and ask for help or give help so the way um, the way it would work is and I am not in a high-risk category I am offering my services to go to the supermarket um, I'm going to the pharmacy and then I'm going to drop it to somebody's door that actually is in a high-risk category so it's just basically a forum to provide that kind of service for people I suppose and and, and to kind of I suppose bring in more of a human touch to it because myself I do work in retail as well, and. I've had to apologise to customers and say, I'm so sorry, this is so inhuman. Mm. Um, I, I've had to ask them to step back from me. I've had to say, look, I can't come any closer to you. And I'm a very visually, I'm, I'm a very touchy-feely kind of person. And it's very difficult um, at the moment for people and... Especially, I suppose, older people who are living on their own. There's this kind of distance and there's always been this distance. But I think now it's just so much more. Um, anything we can do to get our community back together and keep it there for as long as this this goes on for us is good in my eyes, I think.
0: And I think what, what James earlier said, it, it really goes towards what you're doing and people that, that, that follow this page is we all just need to be nice to one another. Like, this this, this is shit. This is awful. This is the worst thing. I, this is the worst experience I've had in my life, having to be mm. actually trapped inside. Because you, you you listen to old people in documentaries, older people, older generations, and they witness wars. This is a war. This is a mm. war with a virus. And I never thought, like yesterday, for for example, where I'm living... Across the road, there was a bunch of kids that visited their granny yesterday, but they did so through the window of the house, and they were all crying. And I was thinking, like, fuck, this is awful. This is really, really bad, man. This is, this is like, not something I ever thought I'd, I'd witness. And just a message to everyone listening to the podcast, just stay safe and look after the people, your loved ones. Um, don't make unnecessary trips to places. You know, just people need to really cop on here. This is serious, and without the love for one another, we're nothing. Um, that's what's important about the group that you've made. It's a community-based thing. Um, and hopefully all the footballers, all football fans, everyone, everyone stays safe and healthy. Um, just a quick mention too, we've set up a Patreon for the podcast just to help support the podcast. We're not asking for, for your mortgage or, or anything like that. Just a, just a small donation to help the podcast um, survive and keep going because we're hoping to do this throughout the summer too um, this we don't want it to do season by season because we don't know when the season's going to be coming back so every week there'll be updates i mentioned i will do we won't do as much on covid19 in, in the coming weeks we kind of went heavy on that this week so yeah support the podcast you can get that at patreon.com forward slash shretty news Um, the tiers i think six pound or ten pound to subscribe and that's it for now but we have updates course week by week and i'd like to say a special thank you too to the three wonderful guests james becca and philip thanks for coming on not a bother dale
1: thanks dale
0: No 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 worries lads and stay safe and we'll fight this together
1: sports social podcast network